0: Sportsbet Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet including in-game which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds and parlay betting where you can have a chance to win big. Sports Bet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sports Bet Montana location or by using the Sports Bet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since SportsBet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. SportsBet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized SportsBet Montana locations and get in on the fun today.
2: ESPN Radio for Western Montana, KKVU HD3 Stevensville, and 102.9 FM on K275BS Missoula. Montana's only daily sports talk show. Nuñez now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television.
0: I like football. Now. We had to shut the blinds and give you some ambiance because uh, there's some uh, celebrating to be done around here at Nuanas now. Big Sky Conference play, finally, here, back in the state of Montana. Games of consequence in the league for both Montana and Montana State. Welcome into Nuwana's Now. I'm Coulter Nuwana's, broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. My good friend and colleague Riley Corcoran joins me. He's the voice of the Grizz and the Monday contributor here on Nuwana's Now. We'll give you the Montana football hour right off the top. Here are the Grizz coming off a bye. The Bobcats coming off a 52-10 to victory over the San Diego Toreros. I was in Bozeman. We'll give you full reaction from that game and much, much more. If you want to listen to this show, Anyway, besides the traditional radio or television, you can stream it at our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Just click on the Listen Live tab. You can also watch us on YouTube, N-U-A-N-E-Z, go subscribe to that. You're gonna to need to be a YouTube subscriber to be eligible for our big fall giveaway. We're gonna be giving you an OtterBox, a cooler and a grill. So this is gonna be a pretty good fall time prize. So you're gonna definitely want to uh, go subscribe to YouTube. We're gonna give you more details a little later on.
1: Two things on that, Colter. Number one, check out the YouTube stream. It's awesome. Tommy yeah. does a great job running that. It's like a legit TV broadcast. So if you're out of the SWX area or, or it's more accessible, do that. Number two, Colter, you know you've made it when you have to spell out your last name. And People it right? I mean, so they get it right. So N-U-A, <laughs>
0: N-E-Z. I got you. I got you. Thank you, my friend. You want to get a hold of us? You have questions, comments, feedback, Chris, Bobcats, Big Sky Conference, NFL, whatever you want to talk about, call us or text us. 406 888 1029 That's triple eight one oh two nine. And all guests will join us via the Rangus Brothers RV phone line. Doing the Montana Football Hour off the top. We're going to talk the game I watched on uh, Saturday. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Grizzlies. We're going to talk about the rest of the Big Sky Conference because... For a fourth time, that's right, fourth time, a Big Sky team knocked off an FBS opponent. And the second time, a Big Sky team knocked off the Pac-12 in the last three weeks. Northern Arizona took down Arizona. One of the most surprising results of Saturday night. But another feather in the cap for the Big Sky that now enters conference play with four FBS wins to its credit. We're also going to hear from Brent Vegan, Troy Anderson, Tai Okada as... uh, Part of our Montana football hour, and then hour number two, the second rendition of the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. That's Marty Morningway, former Grizz quarterback, longtime NFL coach, and uh, now our contributor here at ESPN Missoula. And then about 5.30, 5.35, I'm going to play a little excerpt of our debut episode of the newest season of Grizz Greats. This Grizz Greats series chronicling the 20th anniversary of Montana's 2001 National Championship team. And we get it kicked off with the one and only Johnny Montana, John Edwards, a native of Billings, who was the quarterback for that 2001 team. We'll play a little excerpt from his interview and uh, get you all prepped up for what the rest of that series might entail. Riley, you're from Billings. How well do you remember Johnny Montana? Because this is like right in your wheelhouse. You were probably what? A little kid, right? In grade school still. This
1: was exactly when my love affair for Grizzly football started, Coulter, because I was growing up, wanted to come to games. It was in the middle of the streak. Johnny Montana, by the way, is that not the best nickname for someone from this state to be titled that and then to deliver a national title? Come on. I mean, everything's perfect there. But John Edwards was honestly probably the first figure, I would say, in Grizzly football that gravitated towards me. Not only the Billings connection, but where I was growing up as a kid and coming over each weekend to watch Johnny Montana play. Um, absolutely awesome. I will be checking that out at 5.30 and beyond, but uh, what a figure for that uh, 2001 national title team.
0: You had, uh, you can never say a non-busy week because we're always busy during football season, but a bye week, the third week of the year for the Grizzlies, atypical to be sure. I was teasing with Sammy a Cam Grizz receiver, at the uh, press conference today that Montana plays Cal Poly, homecoming Saturday afternoon, but I was teasing him You would love to have a bye the week before you play Cal Poly, no matter when you play Cal Poly, if it was the old Cal Poly, the triple option Cal Poly. Well, that's not the case. So I think that it was sort of a double-edged sword for the Grizzlies this last week. They're playing so well that I don't know if you want to halt the momentum, but I think it's very clear that this team loves practicing. They love preparing. So I guarantee you the Grizz got some work done last week as well.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's one of those where the momentum is so high and we can feel that each day here, but you don't want to quit. And normally, Coach Houck referenced this in his press conference today, that usually when a team's banged up is when you need the bye week. Well, the Grizzlies really aren't banged up. So more of a refocus. I'm already looking ahead, and this is only something we'll do in this studio because Coach Halk would uh, – Probably not appreciated if I did it in an interview with him, but looking ahead at what's coming next week for the Grizz, it's probably good in the sense that they, if they have any rust or anything, it gets out of the way this week before the big showdown next week in Cheney. The
0: news of the day. The Grizzlies head to Cheney, Washington the first week of October. That game moved today to ESPN2. To my knowledge, this is the first Big Sky Conference regular season game that's going to be broadcast on the actual ESPN Correct. network, right? Correct. Big time.
1: That is huge. I mean, the exposure there, and for it to be the first game of this Big Sky contract, and like, I mean, at first it's okay, great. You get the four letters next to the Big Sky Conference, ESPN, whether it's ESPN Plus or whatnot. Then you throw, okay, two marquee games on ESPNU. That's certainly nice. They're going to put them late at night. No big deal. Well, then the fact that they are being proactive to change this game to ESPN2, that's a big-time feather in the cap for the conference. It's a respect level number two. And more than anything else, why do these TV networks do a Coulter? Because this game is going to be exciting. It's a can't-miss game. If both teams take care of business this week, they will both be in the top six for a showdown that has offense, maybe the best in the country, against what has looked like the best defense in the country. Under the lights, on the red turf, it has every storyline you want and for the fact, and I don't know what game got bumped for this, but the fact that this, it was either a Pac-12 game or a Mountain West game, well, and sure. then the Big Sky bumped it to be on ESPN2, is just big time.
0: Well, there, I mean, especially considering that Eastern Washington beat a Mountain West team and Montana beat a Pac-12 team, so there you go. I mean, you're, you're, you're playing a game between two of the better teams in the region, and that says a lot about how good Montana and Eastern Washington is, and also says a lot about how bad the Pac-12 is. We're going to get into that here in just a little bit. It is... The Montana Football Hour, presented in part by Stockman Bank and in part by Brett's RV and Marine. Thanks to both of those great sponsors, we do the Montana Football Hour for the first hour of each Monday show here on Nuanez. Now, Rally Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas And we're going to give you all the best and uh, most current and up-to-date content when it comes to Big Sky Conference football, maybe even a little high school football as well. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference. As a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana, Stockman Bank is committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means to you is your money stays in the local economy, supporting your friends and neighbors. Let Stockman Bank show you Montana's brand of banking today. I was in Bozeman. I watched the Bobcats live for the second time this year, but my first time in Bobcat Stadium since Montana State beat Austin P in the quarterfinals of the FCS playoffs back in 2019. So it was a long time coming. Uh, it was good to be back in Bozeman. Uh, it, was a, it was a nice day in Bozeman. It was pretty windy, which actually didn't have that much effect on the game. But the Bobcats, this thing was pretty much over before it started. You hate to ever say stuff like that, but San Diego was among the most overmatched teams I have ever seen wow. uh, in terms of a Division I opponent. I've seen some D2. Opponents. I, sometimes, though, when you play these really bad D two opponents, it takes lo- a long time for the the favored team to get going. This team, because San Diego has been a playoff team five times in the last six years, and they come to they came to Bozeman with a championship culture. I mean, this team has won the Pioneer League five times. They under beat Dale big Lindsay, sky
1: teams in the playoffs, beat Northern
0: Arizona and Cal Poly in the playoffs, respectively. Uh, I think that the the statistic was the most wins over the last ten years in the FCS. I'll let you guess who the top two are. Well, North Dakota State. Yep. And James Madison. James, don't tell me. San Diego is number three. Really? You have to consider, though, that they went undefeated in conference play for five years in a row. The Pioneer Football League is a non-scholarship league, but San Diego has been, no question, the best Pioneer League team of all time. I mean, they made the playoffs five years in a row and they won playoff games. This is a sort of a pleasantry that this league gets an auto bid because never has any Pioneer League team competed at all. But San Diego, and like Diego, like Dale Lindsey, San Diego head coach, said on this show last week, he said, well, the worst we ever got beat, the worst I have ever gotten beaten in my almost 60 years in football was when we played at Montana in the 2014 playoffs. But after that, he got it rolling a little bit. And like you mentioned, they won at Cal Poly in 2016. They won at NAU in 2017. So because there was those sort of platitudes around the program, I think the Bobcats prepared really well, like they were going to have a, a stout test. They did not. I thought they opened up the playbook fully on both sides of the ball. They showed basically everything that they have in their systems, and they absolutely housed San Diego. It was 42 to nothing on the first possession of the second half. And after that, it wasn't even the second string. It was the third string that was in the game. So we're going to get into more of what you maybe can take from this. But, you know, just in general, it's exactly what we expected to happen. Montana State just, they thrashed an opponent that they were supposed to thrash at home in front of a sellout crowd two and one going into big sky conference play
1: i mean it's business as usual right but i guess the number one impressive win and the fact that they didn't have the letdown performance going into big sky play everyone's looking ahead at what's next week and the cats have a big game at portland state i'm really intrigued and i know we're going to get into that and you definitely will throughout the course of this week but the question remains and i don't want to blow the narrative right away is what do we know about this team after the first three weeks
2: well, I look at the three games uh, as a whole, and the, the first thing we want to ask our guys to do is play really hard, and, and we did that uh, all three games. And, and I think learning to play uh, you know, team offense, team defense, uh, and, and count on each other, uh, trust each other, do your job has been our mindset. And we feel really good uh, about where we're at three games in. Uh, far from far from perfect, but that's the way you go through the practice and play the game. But uh, you know, really pleased with our effort. Uh, we're playing really hard right now, and that's,
0: that's the number one thing we got to do. Montana State certainly playing really hard. That's Montana State head coach Brent Vegan after the victory. One more from Coach Vegan, just about the way that this game went down. The uh, narrative here, a couple early touchdown drives for the Bobcats. They had no problem dicing San Diego's defense. Then Ty Okada had a 72-yard pick six. And then Troy Anderson had a 40-yard pick six, so the Bobcat offense basically wasn't even on the field for about 10 minutes, 10 minutes of game time uh, because of these turnovers. Uh, And then they had their first-team offense come out and just run the ball right down San Diego's throat right after halftime, and once it was 42 nothing, it wasn't even the twos, it was basically the threes that were in for Montana State. Uh, But MSU, they cruised to a 52-10 victory over San Diego, the only game in the Treasure State for Big Big State Conference College teams last week. One more from Brent Vegan. Coach, you get a pair of defensive
2: touchdowns in the first half, how much of a momentum
0: swing is that?
2: Yeah, he, you know, huge. And, and, and Ty's, uh, obviously, that was a heck of a run that he had. Great um, you know, call to put him in that position uh, on a third down, I believe. And, you know, we had done pretty well up to that point offensively. They flipped the field a little bit, and then they completely kind of squashed it and turned it around into a touchdown. It was huge. And then, you know, Troy's a little shorter field, but he certainly showed he was pretty good with the ball in his hands. Speaking of play for each other, when Okada got to pick Jeffrey Manning sprinted all the way out in front of him and that's probably what's from the touchdown so is that a good example of yeah that? no question you know um, we gotta be about uh, team and no one who you know no one cares who gets the credit that type of mindset and I think we got a group of guys that understand that and are willing to do whatever on uh, any given play you know um, we need everybody uh, to do what's called upon them on a particular play and, and I mean, that would be a good example of, of Jeffrey doing a little bit more
0: and a lot of people wondered if they'd see Troy Anderson score a touchdown in the stadium. He would get more defensively. So let's talk about that play, but also how would you evaluate his non covers uh, three games into playing
2: inside linebacker? Yeah, I feel really good about uh, Troy's play. You know, um, it's, a, it's, it's a new space for him to play in. Uh, felt like, you know, obviously the first two games of what I, I have my memory bank a little bit more than today as far as the ins and outs. But he's, he's playing um, between the tackles well, but then you also see his ability to you know, cover ground on the perimeter. And that was the idea of putting him in that position where it would be a little bit of both and, and, you know, really pleased. And I think his comfort level is getting better each week.
0: Montana Football Hour, that's Montana State head coach Brett Vegan. The Montana Football Hour is presented by Brett's RV and Marine. Brett's RV and Marine has their end of summer clearance sale rolling right now. Summer may be setting, but the savings are on the rise. Brett's RV and Marine is proud to be the largest of all Montana RV dealers. They currently showcase the best inventory in the state at volume discount prices with a service department that stands behind their products. Come check out Brett's RV and Marine at 4800 Grant Creek Road and start your next adventure with the premier RV dealer in Montana. Riley Corcoran, Voice of the Grizz, joining me, Coulter Nuanas, here on Nuanas Now. Broadcasting to you from the Northwest Motorsport to the Montana Football Hour for the first hour of each Monday show. Riley, you you brought up an interesting point. How do you gauge, what do you gauge, what do you take from games like this? Because, I mean, it was pretty pretty point-blank simple. Uh, I thought that Montana State was just better man-to-man across the board. I mean, they were running a lot of blitzes, bringing a lot of pressure. They wouldn't have even needed to do that, though, to get a bunch of pressure on the quarterback for San Diego Uh, offensively. They did whatever they wanted. They basically operated every every element of their offense pretty efficiently. But I basically look at how clean is it? How's the execution? Are you ready to go? Like A lot of times, because it's an overmatched opponent, teams don't come out sharp. They don't come out uh, aggressive. They don't come out you know, prepared. This team was really, really prepared. They executed almost flawlessly, and they did exactly what they wanted to do. They put 42 points on the board when the game was, you know, 31 minutes old and they got other guys out and it got a whole bunch. I mean, I think every single guy that dressed for this game played. That's, I think that's what you want for a conference tune-up.
1: Well, it is. And especially following a game like Drake, cause it's all week to week mindset, right? Okay. Well, if you play Drake, you have a blowout win. How do you stay focused knowing that you're having another opponent like San Diego come in here? And they've been clean. I mean, as we mentioned, Coulter, one turnover in three games. I mean, just one fumble lost is all the stat sheet is saying. So I I am uber impressed by what they're doing. It's a fact now of, okay, everyone in the locker room is buying into Coach Vegan and the staff because I would say that is the biggest question mark, right, on the outside going in. And now it's, okay, you're ready for conference play, but from a – I guess a neutral and obvious standpoint, you haven't showed me too much yet other than you have beaten the teams you're supposed to. This is the real test this weekend.
0: It was fun. Uh, when, when you get into games like this, though, you can sort of take your analyst and your reporter hats off and you can be more of just a, an observer. And uh, that, I mean, I sort of, I went down, when they were up 42 nothing. I went down to watch the last two defensive series before the ones came out, especially because I wanted to watch Troy Anderson from field level just to see how he's moving and stuff. He is, uh, he's gotten so much better from the first game to now in that inside linebacker spot the way he's moving the way he's reading things and I think that's just uh a one of many examples of what Montana State's got. So uh, one last thing on this game, we're going to talk a little bit more about it as the Montana Football Hour marches on. But uh, before we get into some Big Sky Conference stuff, I interviewed Dale Lindsay after the game. First of all, one of my favorite guys, man. He's just an old school throwback, 79 years old. Dude doesn't even wear a headset on the sidelines. He's got no notebook, no cards, nothing. That's great. He is just the CEO. He's just making, the, I mean, he makes substitutions and all that stuff, but co- coaches coach, coordinators coordinate, and uh, he just coaches the kids on the sidelines. But he said, That Montana State team is a very talented team. We've already played two in their conference, Cal Poly and Davis. Personally, I think they're much better than Poly, and I think they're on the same level as Davis, who I think is a really, really good team. Am I surprised what happened today? No, not one bit. Montana State has a really good team. So uh, interesting because he does have a sample size of Cal Poly, who's coming to Missoula this week, UC Davis, who's been exceptionally um, excellent so far during the non-conference, and then Montana State. So I thought that was interesting that he sort of compared and contrasted the teams. Well,
1: that's good that he would do that, and he should be on your Big Sky Breakdown on Skyline Sports because he's the one that has seen this league from – You could say top to bottom, or at least two teams that are going to contend for the crown and one that's maybe at the bottom of the league. And I guess it wouldn't surprise us that he would have that assessment, right? The Montana State, UC Davis, they're kind of on the same plane. I would say that UC Davis still is the biggest surprise in this league so far, and they're going to get to prove it this weekend, as is Montana State. Some big-time showdowns already that I know we'll get to on Saturday.
0: Montana Football Hour, presented in part by Stackman Bank of Montana. When you bank with Stockman, you receive personalized customer service and your phone call is always answered by a live person. I can't tell you, this is like my dream come true. There's nothing that I hate more than talking to the robot lady, it's like the worst thing on the earth. Their highly skilled and personable bank staff is dedicated to making it easy for you to transfer your accounts and meeting your overall financial needs. Blending traditional Western values with modern conveniences and state-of-the-art technology, they provide time-tested products and services from, from people who truly care about your financial success. Riley, as I was walking out of Bobcat Stadium on Saturday, uh, we were walking to our car in the parking lot there, and we were walking with Leon Costello, Montana State Athletic Director. He had just left the press conference as well, and uh, he got an alert on his phone and he looks down and he shows it to me, and it said it's an ESPN alert. It's not a Big Sky Conference app or a you know Skyline Sports or anything like that. that it is is an ESPN national alert, and it says. Eastern Washington quarterback Eric Berrier sets all-time college football record for passing yards and touchdowns in the first half. I did a triple take when I looked at the box score. Eric Berrier threw for 487 yards and six touchdowns in the first half against Western Illinois. So as we're leaving the stadium, our conversation was, can they score 100? Then we get home, we start working. I said, oh, we should turn on that Eastern game to see what's going on. We turn it on. It's almost tied. I'm just thinking, what's going on? These guys scored 55 points in the first half, and we turn it on. And Western Illinois scores, and it's a one-score game. Unbelievable. I couldn't even believe what I was watching. It was like Eastern Montana State, like circa Rob Ashbow Baldwin days.
1: Well, that or arena football, one of the two is what it seemed like. With with those numbers, are you kidding me? I mean, 55 at half. I'll admit, I was at the USC-Washington State game, and I looked down at my phone, and I said... That can't be right. There's no way it's can't a halftime. Right. It, it's in the fourth quarter. They got 55. It didn't surprise me the numbers they put up maybe for a whole game, but in one half, I mean, that, that game was bizarre on so many fronts. But the number, and not to be a Debbie Downer, how do you only score seven in the second half? That's
0: right. That's right. He, he had an opportunity. He, it seemed like it was a foregone conclusion that Eric Barrier would break the single game record in the Big Sky Conference yep. for passing yards. Yep total yards, touchdown passes. He didn't get any of them because he only threw for like 60 more yards. He didn't even break Eastern school record, even though he had almost 500 at halftime.
1: And they all thought FCS record, right? Held by Taylor Heineke, which I thought that was interesting with him being the starter for the right. Washington football team. How, now, how
0: ridiculous are those records, though? The all-time college football record is 813 by Patrick Mahomes. Oh, by the way, a lo- in a loss, which is what I'm always screaming and yelling about. The highest yep. passing totals are always going to be in losses. So don't let your Fancy football quarterback skew what it really actually means to be a quarterback. What you have to do to be successful is win, regardless. But uh, Heineke had, what, 750-something?
1: 7.36, I think, for Old Dominion one game. It's like, what the heck? But, I mean, my first instinct is, how do you judge this game? Eastern, I mean, Western Illinois played the top two teams that are ranked right now in the Big Sky Conference. Sure. Number four, Montana. Number six, Eastern. Two completely different games. How do you judge the two? It just seems to me, I mean, obviously the, the offensive Eastern, the defensive Montana is going to be just a fascinating matchup, but my goodness, Eastern Washington, that's a tough place to win. Everyone was cramping up for Eastern in the second half. That was kind of expected, I guess you could say, if you've ever been to Macomb, but just what a wild game. But I, I guess for all things considered, Eastern will take the win and move home, but my goodness, I don't know how you can feel about that second half performance because you feel great about the win, but man, you left a lot to be desired.
0: Montana Football Hour here on Nuana is now on ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. Love it or hate it, you have to consider this, though. Eastern Washington has now scored 160 points in three games this season. They're averaging almost 54 points per game. They scored 63 against Central Washington and 62 against Western Illinois. Again, love it, hate it. One of the reasons that Eastern Washington, Montana got moved to ESPN2 is because of statistics like that. Broadcasts love that sort of stuff. We got this team that's on pace to score all the points in the world. This kid threw for six touchdowns in the first half. But then also they love the story of you know the tough Montana Grizzlies that went to UW and knocked off the Huskies. But love it or hate it, Outrageous, gaudy statistics, even if they're against terrible teams. Turn heads and get you publicity.
1: They do, and they're going to flip this around, too, and I can't wait to dive in after the Cal Poly game, of course. But, I mean, you put it up with Eastern. How many drives do you think they haven't scored on this year? Man, I don't even know. Well, and Montana has had 23 straight drives where no one scored against them. Right, right, right. 115 (coughs) minutes. So, excuse me. But, I mean, it's going to be fascinating to watch that. But you're right. The the gaudy offensive numbers – and everything that's been put together is the reason why this game's on ESPN2.
0: Round the Big Sky Conference Oregon State versus Idaho. Oregon State 42, Idaho zip. That made me sound like an idiot. Uh, I was on uh, the pregame show for uh, the, no, the Bobcat basket. R- no, I, I just said that I thought that the 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 game that was against FBS opponent for the Big Sky Conference that would be the most competitive was Oregon State vs Idaho. Only because I thought Oregon State's not very good and Idaho should have some dudes. I wasn't like predicting a win or anything. I just thought that uh, Cal was going to kill Sac State. They didn't. It was forty-two to thirty Sac State. But more than anything, I just thought that Arizona was just going to have an easy win over Northern Arizona, wow. and then Northern Arizona goes to Tucson. So pause on that real quick. We'll give you the rest of the Big Sky Scoreboard circle back around to what was the upset of the weekend for the league. Lamar takes down Northern Colorado 17-10. Portland State takes care of Western Oregon 21-7. to Southern Utah ekes out a win over Division II Tarlington State 40-35. James Madison beats Weber State 37-24. We'll still go back around to that one as well. South Dakota, they must be pretty good because they took Kansas down on the wire, uh, and then they drilled NAU, and they drilled Cal Poly 48-14 on Saturday. So I think Bob Nielsen's got it rolling a little bit there. I
1: think South Dakota is going to be that surprise team in the Missouri Valley this year. They, there's always one that pops up. Sure. They will win some games some ranked, against ranked opponents. I mean, they definitely
0: sure. could make a run at like oh, that yeah. third or fourth spot in the Missouri Valley, right? They, they, to me, got a vote in the top 25 vote th- this week for... How they've been overall? They're only lost to Kansas. About twenty minutes, we'll go over Riley's poll as well because he is a voter in the national poll. Uh, and then finally, UC Davis continues to score big point totals as well. They move to three and zero with a sixty to twenty seven win over Dixie States. The Montana Football Hour presented in part by Brett's RV and Marine. They got their summer clearance sale going on down at Brett's. Summer may be setting, but your savings are on the rise. All right, let's talk. Uh, Northern Arizona, Arizona. After I got done watching the Eastern-Western Illinois arena football game, I turned on this one. Man, I don't even know where to start. I thought NAU looked flat and bad against Sam Houston State. I thought they looked even more flat and worse against South Dakota. By the way, they lost to Sam Houston, 48-14. They lost to South Dakota, 34-7. And then I'm watching this game, and I'm watching Northern Arizona – Take, I think it's the first time they beat Arizona in like 80 years. Yes. NAU 21, Arizona 19. I don't want to start with a negative because the negative that you start with is I cannot believe how bad Arizona is. But this was, of all, this is the fourth FBS win. But... But Eastern Washington has an electric offense. Montana is a very good team, and UC Davis is a very good team. I am flabbergasted by this. I thought I picked—I voted NAU ninth in my poll. Same. They beat a Pac-12 team.
1: I I was stunned when I saw this on a lot of different levels. I mean, Arizona's rebuilding, new coach, Jed Fish, all of that. But for NAU to come in there—I mean, still, and get we're giving NAU a ton of credit here. How many wins do you think they get in the Big Sky Conference?
0: Man. I mean, it, honestly, though— this, despite the 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 talent deficiencies that I think that they have, a win like this could be the thing that springboards you, and maybe you do go win three or four games in the league. I had them penciled out to win two. I, I think that I mean maybe this is the thing that does maybe give you some confidence to go beat a couple teams you're not supposed to beat. I, I'm not sure, but uh, regardless, Chris great ball, win a that. great win for Chris Ball and Northern Arizona,
1: far and away his best win you would have to think yes. since he has been on campus there, and just elevates the league even more so. I mean. If the bottom of the league is able to beat a power five, and I think folks, and it's very easy to look at it and just say, like you said, Arizona's really bad this year, and they they might not win a game. But at the same time, with the scholarship deficiencies, the differences, all of that, for any FCS school to beat a power five, it doesn't matter what the situation
0: is, it's
1: very impressive for NAU.
0: When was the last time Montana State got a pick six? Is the Big Sky closer to the Pac-12 than maybe you believe? All that and more on the Montana Football Hour right here on Nuwana's Now right after this. Cats kept building momentum while the Grizzlies got fresh with Big Sky Conference play on the horizon at long last. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. The University of Montana took an early bye this week and will look to carry significant momentum. From a historic 2-0 start into Saturday's homecoming Big Sky opener against Cal Poly, the Grizz marched into Seattle and posted a 13-7 win over the number 20 Washington Huskies marking the sixth time ever that a team from the FCS has defeated a ranked FBS opponent. Cal Poly is led by former Eastern Washington head coach Bo Baldwin. For the second week in a row, Montana State hosted a team from the non-scholarship Pioneer Football League, and for the second week in a row, the Bobcats rolled to a blowout victory against an overmatched opponent. A week after crushing Drake 45-7, MSU rolled up 42 consecutive points by the first possession of the second half before pulling its starters, waltzing to a 52-10 victory over San Diego in front of a second consecutive sellout crowd. Montana State junior safety Ty Okada and senior inside linebacker Troy Anderson each intercepted passes that they returned for touchdowns, while the Bobcat defense rolled up 15 tackles for loss during their third straight outstanding defensive performance. Offensively, Isaiah Fonse rushed for more than 100 yards for the second time in three games this season and the 10th time in his Montana State career as the Bobcats move to 2-1. Montana State opens Big Sky play on the road at Portland State on Saturday afternoon. This 102.9 ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. Driving through the desert, I met a man who told me on his crazy plan. He's been walking there for 20 days. He was gonna walk
2: on for 20 more. Said, "How about a drink or a bite to eat?" He said, "No, my faith is all I need. Sit down, save me, save me, Mr. Walking Man." Good to
0: be here with my good buddies, Riley Corcoran, Tommy Evans, because Tommy saved not just me, but this whole place twice today. We're not going to even get into the details. I don't think that 98% of the people even listening would understand what Tommy was trying to explain to me. I don't
2: <laughs> understand it, Coulter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and this has come from a guy who's one of the premier radio engineers uh, on the planet. So, Tommy, thank you for saving all of us here at Missoula Broadcasting Company today.
2: You know, Coulter, it's no big deal.
1: <laughs> did, did you uh, did you have this song pre-planned, Tommy? After you saved Coulter that you're gonna put this one on here to That's come back? That's
2: exactly right. See, Riley gets the uh, the formula of a topical
0: rejoin, Coulter. I got you, Tommy. I I, I do too. You got to lead the the buffalo <laughs> to water sometimes. But thank you so much for doing that. It is the Montana Football Hour here on Nuanas now on ESPN Radio. Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, in studio. It's the Northwest Motorsports Studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. Thanks so much for joining us on your Monday. We do this the first Monday of uh, the first hour, excuse me, of each Monday uh, here on ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. The Montana Football Hour is presented in part by Stockman Bank and in part by Brett's RV and Marine. Only one game in the Treasure State this week. Bobcats wrapped up their non conference with a 52 10 win over San Diego of the non scholarship Pioneer Football League. The greatest they had to buy. Grizz open up Big Sky Conference play this week against Cal Poly. We'll get into that a little bit more in this show as well as later on this week. But Montana State, they head to Portland State for actually one of the more intriguing uh, opening weekends of the Big Sky Conference. And uh, we'll see what Bruce Barham's Vikings got for the Bobcats. But the uh, main storyline of this Bobcat game against San Diego was the dominance of the, the Bobcat defense. You could tell right away that they were just going to overwhelm San Diego's front. They couldn't block them, and they wouldn't have been able to block them if they were dropping eight, let alone bringing six. And so they were putting so much pressure on Mason Randall. He had really no chance. They ended up with actually only two sacks because he kept getting back to the line. But they had 15 tackles for loss. So that shows you the kind of pressure that they were putting on. And uh, it was really no contest uh, in this game. But the stories here were the two pick sixes. Montana State has not had a pick six since Mac Bignell did it against Idaho State back in 2017. And uh, the Cats, they did it on two consecutive possessions. So let's hear from The guy who did it first, he's Ty Okada. He's becoming a media darling because he's pretty darn funny at these press conferences. He's a junior safety for the Bobcats. I would say if you were to say, Colter, who's the breakout star of Montana State? Maybe some of you didn't expect to be performing as well. thought Okada was a really good player. Smart player, solid player. He is turning into a star, not just because of the way he talks, but because of the way he's playing. He is playing at an absolutely all-Big Sky level right now. A couple minutes from Ty Alcada following that 52-10 to win over San Diego. Congratulations on the pick six. Uh, how, much, how much did the blocks ahead of you, especially Jeff Manning's block, help you spread it?
3: A big shout out to Jeff, my brother. Man, he's awesome. Love him for that. He's, he's always been selling out. And uh, I wish on his first pick I could have thrown a better block for him. He'd probably be in the end zone against Wyoming too. So, yeah, really appreciate it. Shout out to Jeff, Jazzy Jeff5. He's the man for that. I uh, really appreciate the D-line getting after the quarterback. Obviously, that makes our jobs in the back end a lot easier. So, shout out to everyone on the defense. I said that was great. Well, speaking of that,
0: not just the D-line, but it seemed like they're bringing a lot of pressure all over the place. So, how much has the defense diversified these first three games running this first game?
3: Absolutely. And we've been getting into a little bit more packages. Where we're pressuring the quarterback. So, to your point, we've really been expanding on that. And we've reaped the benefits of it, I think, especially on third downs. So, yeah, that's been great. At what point did you realize you're going to make it into the end zone, and what were you thinking at that time? Uh, <laughs> I was thinking I wanted to a leap, <laughs> but I, I knew that wouldn't have gone over too well, and uh, I was really excited to celebrate with my teammates as well. So that was that was a ton of fun, I guess. Probably realized it as I was crossing the line at that point, maybe the two-yard line, but yeah. And through the non-conference, like, what can you tell that this defensive unit has done well and what? maybe needs to carry over when you start conference next week? Absolutely. Still a lot of things we need to work on, uh, but I, I love the discipline that we came into practice with this week where we were we were really focused on, okay, what's our task at hand? How are we going to take care of business this week? We're laser focused and you know on the field. There's a lot of things that we can correct but out of our defense That's what I've loved is our preparation and then in turn our communication in game There was a lot of times where and it was funny because I was actually talking to the quarterback. I'm like, hey, man We're calling out half your plays. He goes yeah it kind of sucks out here <laughs> But, but uh, you know when you prepare like that, you know, it allows you to do you know It allows you to communicate and you know be a one step ahead of the offense so I think out of everything, that's what I've appreciated the most out of our defense is just our preparation throughout the week. How, uh, how fun was it uh, gratifying to see Troy the ball in the open field again? Uh, <laughs> I said, yeah, my." I, I told Troy, I said, my pick was different. You know, I got the ball, and I did not know whether or not I was going to score. It took a few really good blocks to make that happen. As soon as Troy picked it, I kind of just was like jogging back to the sideline because I already knew him. I'm like, it's Troy and He'll
0: get it in the end zone.
3: <laughs> you mentioned- I didn't actually run to the sideline. I was looking for to- set a block, but I was already behind him and there's no catch
0: up <laughs> <laughs> to go into The last two performances, though, to go in with that sort of momentum in the conference play, how does the mindset change in conference play and what do you think of the momentum you take
3: as
2: you guys go to Portland State next week?
3: Absolutely. I think, you know, some of the momentum will carry over but, you know, like I said last week, we're just going to focus on being the best team on Saturday and coming out against a Portland State team that, you know, we're going to have to bring a lot of our own energy into their place and we can't overlook anyone so, you know, we're going to take our preparation from this week transfer it over you know focus on Portland State but yeah absolutely there you know it's nice to have these games to take over some momentum in a conference play you know big the big sky is no joke so I'm excited for it I think everyone else is excited for it or're dial all
1: right
0: go Taoca Montana State junior safety. He had a 74-yard interception return for a touchdown as part of the avalanche that helped Montana State to a 52-10 victory over San Diego. Coulter,
1: help me out here. You you, you are probably the biggest source, I would say, of Bobcat athletics and Bobcat football that knows the team, that knew this team coming into the season, that knew all the question marks around him, and now you've watched him play three games. So, I guess my main question to you would be, what are the biggest surprises maybe that you've seen, both good and bad, and what do you still need to see from this team, maybe that they haven't proven yet?
0: Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizzly in studio with me, Colter Nuanez. It's the Montana football hour here on Nuanez now presented by Brett's RV and Marine. It's a really good question. So I think that the number one thing that I have learned watching this team over the first three weeks is just how drastically different their systems and make no mistake. They are running true systems. Now, how drastically different that is from the way Jeff Choate went about winning Jeff Choate went about winning by, out toughing you, out fundamentaling you, out hitting you. Winning you in the beating you in the press conference. <laughs> beating you in the <laughs> in the trenches and then the press conference. That's exactly right. The nonsensical until then it was like, screw this, we're running zone read and uh, an inside zone and gap scheme until we come back and win. That's what Montana State was always trying to do. So the, the offense looks much more diverse. The quarterback play is significantly improved. Matt McKay is a lot better than what Montana State's had. But what I, what is the the what's left to be desired? What needs to improve? I think Matt McKay, because it's a fully read based system where they're running all sorts of zone read and run pass option elements, he needs to have a little bit more courage to let it rip. He is taking the if your quarterback takes the, the safe read every time and you're operating as efficiently as Montana State is, he's completing like 75%, 76 percent of his passes. You'll take it, but you could also score probably two more times per game if the guy's willing to let it rip. But does that come with the caveat of turning the football over? Because he has not yet. So we'll see. From an offensive line standpoint, though, I think this team has only been average uh, in terms of their production on the ground and their offensive line execution. That's a surprise because I have proclaimed that this is a team that has among, if not the best offensive line units in the conference and the country. I think part of it, they have guys play in new positions. Lewis Kidd, to me, in the old scheme where you're pulling him all the time, you're using his size and athleticism, perfect at guard. He's still adjusting to left tackle. Zach Redd, he's a prototype center. He's still adjusting to left guard. You have a former walk-on freshman in Justin per- Justice Perkins playing center. He's still acclimating to the college game. You have another redshirt freshman in TJ Session playing right tackle. He's still acclimating to the college game. And Taylor Tuiasosopo, the all-big sky guard, he is so good in space, in the gap scheme. They're not running that kind of stuff anymore. So I just I don't know if they're putting their offensive linemen in the best position to succeed, but I also think those guys are just experiencing a learning curve right now.
1: Too early to ask what offensive line's better. In the state of Montana, or, or? Um, I think that that's a super
0: interesting question. And I don't I, want I to think, put you on the spot I, I right see, now. Okay, I think that the I I think that um, both teams, the 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 Grizzlies and the Bobcats, have three each guys that are all conference level talents on their offensive line. I think right now, though, with the zone blocking scheme that the Grizzlies are running, that it, it's more well-suited to their personnel. In other words, the Grizz sort of have these anchor points, tackles and a center that are, the, those are the three guys that I think of that are all conference-level guys, Conlon Beaver and Dylan Cook at tackle and A.J. Forbes at center, and then they can have basically a rotation of guys at guard, and because those guys at guard really, in its essence, so this is simplifying it much too much, but just, just for the sake of this point, basically what those guys, all they have to do is be, obedience the wrong word but they need to be in communication with the guy they're playing next to they need to be tough and they need to go really hard they just need to be the they need to be the the the, the helper with the guys they're playing next to that and that's why i think it works to rotate so in terms of the fit i think that the, it's it's montana but i think that montana state if those guys can lock in i just i think lewis kidd's an nfl guy i think he's the best nfl prospect among these guys so i think that uh The Bobcats still have a lot of talent, but it's a good question in terms of who's using their offensive line most aptly.
1: and I love asking you that because those are the things, even from my perspective, right, as the play-by-play guy, I I can't watch what's going on in the trenches. There's other stuff going on. You love watching what goes on in there, and it's great analysis. And right now, and this is a credit to both teams, both teams, I I would say those are the two best offensive lines in the big sky. Which is crazy considering
0: how much time and effort Weber State has put in developing that stuff. And, And UC Davis, too. That's the most underrated part about UC Davis. Dan Hawkins knew he had a quarterback and a great offensive coordinator when he first got there, and that would help him hide their offensive line deficiencies. He and his coaching staff have been talking consistently about how much they have fortified their lines over the last couple of years. You can see it. But to your point, uh, the fact that this is probably the two best offensive lines in the league, a huge credit to the Montana schools. It,
1: it is. And, especially Montana. Oh, big time. The improvement that they've made, and we've, we've well chronicled that the last couple of years. But UC Davis, they a test this week against Weber State. So as we go around the big sky and whatnot, it's going to be even more fun, but... Uh, Great to see the O-lines from both. I mean, it's not the sexiest thing to talk about, but there's a reason why the teams that have good fronts are in the top 10 or in championship conversation.
0: To answer your question about the Bobcats defensively, I think it's just about showing up the interior other than Chase Benson on the defensive line. Benson's one of the best in the league. Kyle Riggs knee injury really hurts Montana State because every other guy there is totally unproven besides maybe Byron Rollins and he but he's making a transition from the edge to the inside but he is a veteran guy out of Missoula Sentinel but uh, the rest of those guys are just by and large unproven but I think that Daniel Hardy has been a pleasant surprise I think that their safeties have been uh, they've blown me away compared to what I thought and uh, so by and large the Bobcat defense solid I think they just need to shore up that interior. Give
1: me an early look at this too with the cat's going to Barney Ball before we go to break here. Yeah. It's Montana State's offense against this flex defense that we know is kind of tough to, no to operate against. But then even more so, and no disrespect to Wyoming because I know they're, they're off to a really good start, but Davis Alexander and the Portland State offense might be the best test that this cat defense is seen. Early look at the matchup, and we can do it this break or next break, but an early look because it'll be a test for MSU on both sides.
0: How will Matt McKay and the Bobcat offense react to the most unorthodox defense they've played so far. All that and more on the Montana Football Hour here on Nguyen is now, next. Sportsbet Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet including in-game which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds and parlay betting where you can have a chance to win big. Sports Bet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sports Bet Montana location or by using the Sports Bet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since SportsBet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. SportsBet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized SportsBet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Montana, Coulter Nuanez from Nuanez Now, your recently anointed Montana Radio Sportscaster of the Year. Checking in with you to tell you that at ESPN Missoula, we are thrilled to announce that we will now be broadcasting Nuanez Now from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport is new to Missoula. Located at the corner of Mount and Stevens, Northwest Motorsport has the largest inventory of trucks in the Pacific Northwest. Be sure to tune in to Nuanez Now live from the Northwest Motorsport Studio each weekday from 4 to 6 p.m. right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula
2: one is now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Counting all different ideas drifting away. Past and present, they
3: don't matter, not a-
0: A good tune. I haven't heard this for a while. Good job, Tommy. Gotta love it. Nuwana's now on a 290 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana TV. Riley Corcoran, Voice of the Grizz, in studio with me, Colter Nuanas, marching through the Montana Football Hour as we do each and every Monday for the first hour of this show. The Montana Football Hour is presented in part by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference. Stockman Bank has... 36 locations throughout the state of Montana. It's run by Montanans for Montanans. It's only in Montana, and they plan on keeping it that way. Let Stockman Bank show you Montana's brand of banking today. Riley asked me a good question about this upcoming matchup to open Big Sky Conference play for Montana State. The uh, Bobcats travel to Portland State. They take on a PSU team that uh, runs one of the Most I don't even know if it's complicated. Most unorthodox defenses in the country. Anybody familiar with the early 1990s Arizona Wildcats team, which far cry from the Wildcats having anything that's nationally relevant at this point uh, after their 21-19 loss to Northern Arizona on Saturday. Uh, The flex defense was first made famous in the Desert Swarm version of it in the the early 1990s. It was uh, in vogue in the... the, um, Big Sky, I guess sort of, when Cal Poly wasn't independent, but they were playing Big Sky teams all the time because Rich Ellerson really favored that style as well. And Payet Saddam, who's the defensive coordinator at Portland State, he was previously at Cal Poly. So uh, how do you explain it? I'm not going to bore you with a football uh, X's and O's lesson here. The most important thing to remember is that the flex defense is fully made to confuse the offense. And when the pre-snap reads by the quarterback get crossed up, the Defense continues to gain momentum, and as the game goes along, it becomes more and more confusing because the reads become more and more unorthodox, or atypical or unexpected, and the flex player, he's always going to be unblocked, and when you have a guy like Anthony Adams that can make plays, he's going to make a ton of plays. That said, what does it take to throw that defense off? To answer your question, it takes making the right reads early because the flex defense is a feast or famine defense. You're either holding Montana to 17 yards or whatever the Grizzlies had in 2018 here. Uh, Dalton Cena, I think, was incomplete on his first 12 or 13 passes. Yeah, it was rough. Or though, when you when you solve the code and you are have the flex defense on their heels, now their confusion doesn't work and now you have open gaps all over the place and you give up a million yards and a million points. So Like I think what happened in the spring. Exactly. I think it's just early, early execution that's uh, necessary for Montana State
1: and first conference road game, all of those factors. I just, I'm intrigued to see, and we all know this. Uh, good teams. When they get punched in the mouth for the first time, right? If Montana State is in a 14-14 game at halftime, how does everybody respond? First time, coaching staff, everyone. And I know they played a close game at Wyoming, but it's different. But
0: they also didn't get punched in the face in that game until the fourth quarter. Exactly.
1: And you're not expected to win that game. Here you are. So those expectations that come with it, it'll be a really intriguing matchup come 3 o'clock Saturday.
0: Let's talk about the game that's here in Missoula briefly before we get uh, briefly into your uh, poll as well. Montana coming off a bye. Cal Poly coming to town. Cal Poly did beat San Diego in its opener, which was uh, basically brought them to the amount of wins that I thought they would have throughout the entire season. I think it's a huge rebuild there at Cal Poly, both from a schematic changeover going from Tim Walsh's triple option to Bo Baldwin's single back spread. But I also think that they're going to need a significant talent upgrade too because not only... Did the triple option system under Walsh become antiquated? But the, the talent at Cal Poly took a significant dip over the last couple of years as well. But you're just your thoughts on this homecoming matchup for the Grizzlies?
1: I think it'll be really tough for Cal Poly to come in here. And we'll see if they can compete. But Spencer Brash was the quarterback that came in with Bo Baldwin from Cal. He's right. out. He's out for it least... Broke his hand or something, yeah, right? broke bro- Some sort of hand Broke injury. his hand well. We think, at least out of that Fresno State game. He did not play against South Dakota. Listen to this. We always talk about schedule makers, who gets the easier part of it. Listen to Cal Poly's gauntlet here, these next four. At Montana, Weber State, at Montana State, UC Davis. Arguably the four best teams in the league, four of the best five for sure. Then you, then they play Portland State, Sac State, and Idaho State to close. They might not win another game this season. That being said, Cal Poly, you know Bo Baldwin's going to have a couple tricks up his sleeve. I'm just really focused in on that quarterback position. How does a team that has come in here scoring 14 against South Dakota, three against Fresno State, and beating a San Diego team that you saw how do they get anything going against this Grizzly defense? The, the ramped-up crowd. It could be a runaway. Not saying the Grizz are going to overlook this game or not take it seriously, but just looking on paper is doing the early dive. Coulter sure seems like a mismatch.
0: Bo Baldwin had, I think, the only two, the only two guys that are in the running for the the the, uh, the most successful coach of the 21st century in the Big Sky Conference are Bobby Houck and Bo Baldwin. Bo Baldwin took the reins of sort of the, the he he made Mark, Eastern Washington into the marquee program in the Big Sky. The year after Bobby Houck left the Big Sky, do those two things coincide? Is that a coincidence? We're not we're not going to go down that uh, avenue right now. But the last national championship won by a Big Sky Conference team, Bo Baldwin, Eastern Washington, 2010. Uh, five semifinals runs between uh, be, before Baldwin left for the offensive coordinator position at Cal in 2016. So he was really good. But he was not very good against Montana. And he, I, don't, I don't believe he's actually ever beaten Bobby Houck. So we'll see if that has a, a, any influence on it. But it uh, should be fun one on Saturday in Missoula regardless, just having the Grizz back home, homecoming, all that sort of stuff. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, in studio with me, Coulter Nuwanez, here on Nuanas Now, part of the Montana Football Hour, presented in part by Bretts RV and Marine. Brett's RV and Marine have their end of summer clearance sale going right now. Summer may be setting, but savings are on the rise. Brett's RV and Marine has been family owned and locally operated for more than 50 years. So stop by 4800 Grand Creek Road and start your new adventure with the premier RV dealer in Montana. Uh, You are a voter in the Stats FCS Top 25 poll. Your thoughts on the results today?
1: I, I'm not surprised by it at all. I think we've reached a stalemate, and I say that because 12 of the 14 teams that are in, 12 of the top 14 are from three conferences: the CAA, the Missouri Valley, and the Big Sky. As always, it's, it's time for everyone to start playing each other. Right. I, I think that we all know right now that there's a top tier of national title contenders, and I think everyone that you would read nationally, maybe in this in this studio right now, would agree that the top five, or maybe in a tier just a bit above of the teams in the next tier. So In any order, Sam Houston, South Dakota State, James Madison, North Dakota State, Montana, you can make an argument for any of those five. Until they play each other or start knocking off in conference play, that's going to be the consensus. The next tier, I was a little bit surprised. Eastern, despite that... Win that I don't know. Apparently, it was viewed well by the national voters, but the fact they moved up despite a scary 62 56 win against Western Illinois. Um, I think Southern, Southern Illinois, North Dakota didn't surprise me too much. Villanova is a team to watch out for at 11. Um, Weber, Weber State's tumble was probably the number one storyline from this. How would people view it? Well, Weber State, they only lost by 13 but that game was way more of a runaway than the final score. They scored yep. two touchdowns late in that one. Yes, and James Madison, to me, they held serve at number three, but Weber State dropping all the way down to 14. I think it's interesting, and this is one I'll just poke back at you, because the top five in the Big Sky Conference, where would the power pole be at this moment? Because the Big Sky has Montana four, Eastern six, but then UC Davis, the Cats, and Weber are 12, 13, and 14, all separated by minuscule numbers.
0: From what I've seen, I think that my Big State Conference power rankings would go as follows. Number one, Montana. Number two, UC Davis. Number three, Montana State. Number four, Eastern Washington. And number five, Weber State.
1: I'd agree with one and five. Two, three, four. I mean, I would put the Grizz right now at one, and I would put Weber State at number five. And I think Weber State's teeter. You look at their schedule. That game this weekend against UC Davis, it's crazy to think about. But if they lose this game to UC Davis... I don't know if Weber makes the playoffs this year. Interesting. It is that big of a game for them. So I'm curious in between. I'd probably put Eastern 2, the Cats 3, and Davis 4. I need to see UC Davis. I know Tulsa was a big win, but beating Weber on the road would solidify that, yes, maybe they are the second-best team in the league. But right now, I'd I'd probably go kind of status quo where it's at. I'd go with Montana, Eastern, the Cats, UC Davis, and Weber.
0: I'm just so interested to see if Eastern Washington could stop anybody because UNLV was not a good team. It's a, it's a good win to go to Vegas and beat a mountain West school period, no matter what. But I was, I thought that I guess I wish we had actually a lot more time to hash this point out, but I have been startled with the, the digression in talent amongst the, the Western conferences that are not the big sky. It is eye opening.
1: We were talking about this off air and we teased it at the beginning. If you put, and I know that you were mentioning mountain West, but I mean, where would you put some of these top-tier big sky teams in a Pac-12
0: power poll? Let alone a Mountain West power poll. My my buddy just texted me, who lives out in Portland, who's going to try to make it over for the Grizz uh, game in Cheney against Eastern Washington. He said, "Bro, this is to the eight or ten best teams in the West." Wow. Is it? I mean, it's it's kind of hard to. I don't really know. I mean, I think that I watched Wyoming live. I think Wyoming's good. I don't I don't know if Wyoming would be a definitive. Slam Dunk favorite to win the Big Sky. Boise State uh, does not look Boise State did not look that great on Saturday night. Um Man, I don't know. I I do think that it's interesting. I think there's a lot of actual uh nuance to that conversation, so maybe we'll do I that. I think
1: on a pre- on a future Monday, we can rank the top 10 yeah. in the West and we'll see where those Big Sky teams rank.
0: Spend the Montana Football Hour here on Nuances now presented in part by Stockman Bank of Montana. And in part by Brett's RV and Marine of Missoula, Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz and a great contributor here on this show. Joining me, Coulter Nguanez. Thanks so much for swinging by, man. Always. Good this is fun. You. This is fun. Hour one in the Bucks, hour two coming at you. How is this possible that we had a guy that worked for years for both Andy Reid and John Harbaugh? In studio next is the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty, Marty Morningweg, here on Nuana's Now. Keep it tuned to ESPN Radio.